What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen. This is season two, episode twenty-eight of Joshua's Proximity. Now, for my viewers that are watching on YouTube, I may appear just a little bit shorter because we got some more uh, different bar stools at the, as you can see, the bar top counter and everything. So. It's not me that's changed, it's just the stools that's changed. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Season 2, Episode 28 of Josh's Proximity. Now, we have been having some interesting interesting things along football, whether college, collegiate, or the NFL. But I'm going to talk about college just for right now. Um, right now, the college football playoff has just been revealed. Alabama is number one, well-deservingly, after what they did against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Number two, we got the Michigan Wolverines. I used to be a huge fan of them back in the day um, when they had Chad Henney and them boys. Uh, Braylon Edwards, for you, for those of you who don't know who he is, just go look him up. Um, well-deserving them at number two. And number three, Georgia. They've been playing football good all year, minus the SEC championship game. And number four, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, this is this is kind of what I don't understand about the college football uh, playoffs. One, I do believe that they do need to expand it at least to six teams. That first and that second team can get a bye. But, I mean, we've seen teams one through six right now that, that are playing, you know, out of their minds. The Baylor just won, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ohio State is still right on the cusp. Yes, they just lost to Michigan, but who's not to say that they're not a top six team in all of college football, if we're being quite frankly honest. So I think that the college football needs to expand at least to six teams because it's so tight, it's so close. I mean, you had the Cincinnati Bearcats, they're undefeated, and yes, they're the, the fourth team uh, currently ranked in the nation, but who did they really beat? Yeah, they beat Notre Dame, but is Notre Dame really that team? No, they're not even in a conference. Um, they beat Houston. Houston? Come on, man. They haven't been good since, um, you know, the old guys back in the day. Like, what are we talking about right now? They're going to get beat by Alabama at least by 45 points. Alabama is going to beat Cincinnati by no no. Nothing less than 45 points, man. Um, Alabama versus Cincinnati, uh, one versus four. That's going to be the semifinals. Michigan versus Georgia, also a matchup in the semifinals. I don't know who I'm going to go with in that in that matchup, but if you had to ask me right now, we might see another rematch of the SEC championship game, man. Michigan, they have a great running game. We saw what they did against Ohio State. We saw what they just did against Iowa, 42-3. They can run the football whenever they want, and their defense is really, really, really good, well-coached. But I like Georgia, man. I like a Georgia versus Alabama matchup again in the national championship game. And it's going to be Alabama once again, reigning supreme. They're the best team in all of college football, and it's just not close. I just call it like I see it. And also a little side note, Bryce Young will win the Heisman Trophy if, if there was any discussion. But let's just go ahead and just change topics. Since we're still talking about college football, let's talk about some HBCU football. Now, this is the exact impact that I think everybody thought 
Deion Sanders would have on HBCU football. And we need more guys, more former NFL Hall of Famers, more transcendent NFL players coming back and giving back to HBCU football. Because if you look at what Jackson State, am I saying it right? Yeah. If you look at what Jackson State has done within literally just one year and how they transformed from being down at the bottom to literally the best H, the, the best college black school in all of football, it's like night and day. They're currently 11-1 and one in HBCU football. They won the SWAC. They're going to play in the Celebration Bowl against South Carolina State. But this is what I believe HBCU football needs to come to. One, we got to start getting NFL players. We got to start bringing them back. I mean, there's a lot of talent when it comes to HBCU football. There's a lot of good players in uh, at HBCU schools. You see it right now, Tariq Cohen, Darius Leonard, who is a contender for Defensive Player of the Year. You see it year in and year out. And if you really want to be technical, back in the 80s, the 90s, the, those Hall of Fame guys, they came from HBCU football. So I think without a doubt, man, what Deion Sanders has did, it has impacted HBCU, HBCU football everlasting. They're now having an average attendance of 55,000 fans. When was the last time that you saw 55,000 fans at an HBCU game? Maybe A&T's homecoming, if that. I think they can only hold 30,000 in their stands. So just imagine that, 50,000, 55,000? I'm not, that's not on the same, you know, same level as Alabama and Penn State, but it's right up there with NC State. It's right up there with ECU. It's right up there with Duke, Wake Forest, 55,000. They was doing that back in 1996. That was their average back, back when I was one years old. That's the type of attendance HBCU football was bringing. And now that we got Deion Sanders back in the in the circle of things, it has jumped right back up to where it used to be in 1996. 55,000, 60,000, selling out games left and right. You've never seen that from an HBCU football team. Never. I don't care who, who you look at. You've never seen it before. So I'm just stating this just to throw out the importance of what it means to give back to HBCU football, man. There's a lot of good athletes. You will be surprised. There's a lot of good football played within college black uh, sports, college black universities, but they just don't have enough attention. And hopefully with Deion Sanders, you know, coming to Jackson State, this is all that we could ask for. 55,000 fans, 60,000 fans playing in, you know, dome stadiums and all that other stuff, man. Deion Sanders has done an excellent job. And, you know, he just transformed that football team and HBCU football, I believe, for the better. And also, <laughs> look, at, look at what we are finally doing with HBCU football. Now we are finally getting names on the back of our jerseys. Now, I played at Shaw University, and we did not have names on the back of our jersey. But when you go to a white school, PWI, they got their last names on the back of their jersey. And that's just kind of what Deion Sanders was saying Hey, how much does it really cost to get the names on the back of your jersey? Like, let's stop being cheap boosters. Let's stop being cheap alumni. Let's get out of this old, 
old mentality, and let's start moving forward, man. Deion Sanders, hey, you have done an excellent job with HBCU football and with branding it to what it is becoming right now. All right, man, so you already know what time it is, man. It is week 14 of the NFL season. For those of you who don't know, I finally have a new segment in Josh's proximity. It's called the Dreadful Five. These are the five worst teams in the NFL as we are currently speaking. It's going to ultimately transform into the five worst basketball teams. But right now, let's go ahead and let's kick it off right now. All right, so at number five, we got the New York Giants. Now, when you look at the Giants, they are very, very talented, but they have a lot of issues concerning the quarterback position. And also, you could say the running back position because Saquon Barkley cannot stay healthy to save his life. But at number five, the New York Giants. Number four, the Houston Texans. We know what the Texans are, and they are very, very, very bad. So they just got shut out 31 nothing against the Colts. Number four, the Texans. Number three, the New York Jets. Now, the only reason why they're not lower than the third worst team in the NFL is because I believe the other two teams are worse off than them. At number two, the Detroit Lions. Yes, they just got their first win on the season. But if you honestly and truthfully look at how they have been playing, yes, they've only had a they've had a couple blowouts against the Eagles. That's the first that comes to mind. They have a couple more. But if you look at the last couple of weeks, they have played Pittsburgh literally to the end. They tied them. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. They're not that bad. Yes, they stink, but I don't believe that they're the worst team in the National Football League, even though that their record indicates that they are. The number one team that I believe is the worst team in the NFL is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, what are we going to do? Jacksonville, are you going to run the football or are you going to rely on Trevor Lawrence? Because at this point, I need to know. I need to know if you're going to stick to the run game with uh, Carlos Hyde, if you're going to stick to the run game with James Robinson, what are we going to do? Your defense is not that bad. Your offense is really bad. I mean, y'all have to find a game plan and stick with it. Go back to what you did when you beat the Jets in uh, overseas. Go back to what you did when you beat the Buffalo Bills. Run the football. It's not that hard. We literally just saw last night the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills and they only threw the football three times. Run the football. It is not that hard. So uh, those are my five dreadful teams. Number five, the Giants. Four, the Texans. Three, the Jets. Two, the Lions. And number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And just like I just did the dreadful five, you already know I got to reveal my top ten teams heading into week 14. It is Joshua's proximity hierarchy. So let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm not putting a lot of stock in them beating the Saints with Taysom Hill. How much stock are we really putting into the Dallas Cowboys? I believe that they are what they displayed last week whenever they lost to, uh, I can't think of the team, but whoever they just previously lost to. They're, they're, right now, they're the 10th best team in the NFL. Number nine, the Rams. I'm not putting a lot of stock in them either. We know that they're not a physical football team. We know that we cannot trust Matthew Stafford. 
And we know that that team is really, really shaky. So at number nine, the Los Angeles Rams. Number eight, the Tennessee Titans. Now, what are we going to get when we when we look at the Titans? They've been playing awful. They just had a bye week. Ryan Tannehill, hopefully he has got the little interception bugs up out of him and their defense could come back to playing stout football. But they relied heavily on Derrick Henry and starting the show. So at number eight, the Tennessee Titans. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, let's just be real. This team is hurt, and Lamar Jackson has played awful the last month of football. He's played awful against the the Dolphins. He's played awful against the – who they just beat? They just beat the – um. Ah, I can't think. Way through four interceptions. He played awful against them. He played awful against Pittsburgh. He has played awful this last month of football, and it is starting to get noticed. And it really dates back to when they played the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been playing some bad football. So, like, let's be honest. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Number six, the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, they're just outside of the, the seventh seed and the wild card spot. But they're playing really good football, man. They can run the ball whenever they want to. The defense is exceptional. But the hugest question mark is Carson Wentz. So start paying attention to that for my Colts, guys. At number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Back in the top five. They're right back where they left off, man. They 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 dropped off my top ten a couple weeks back. But they are right where they belong, man. They can do whatever they want on offense. Their defense is starting to heat up, and we're starting to see the Kansas City Chiefs that we thought we would see. At number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. I'm not putting – now, they had a good win last uh, – just this past Sunday against the Falcons, but they beat the Falcons. I'm not putting too much stock in them. They still have a couple more uh, humps that they got to get over. They got to play the Buffalo Bills coming up. So, I, I'm – Right now, they're the fourth-best team, I believe, in the NFL, but it's still a huge question mark beside the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well because of the whole Antonio Brown situation, and their defense can't stop a soul right now. So at number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number three, Green Bay Packers. They just coming off a bye. Defense is playing amazing, and they got Aaron Rodgers. Number three, the Green Bay Packers. Number two, the New England Patriots. They just beat the Buffalo Bills 14-10 and threw the ball three times. That tells you how well coached they are, number two, New England Patriots. And number one, the team that has been up here for majority of the season, the Arizona Cardinals, man. They're back, back at top peak. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins just came back into the fold. Number one, the Arizona Cardinals. Y'all know how we do every week. It's time for my projections. Thursday night football heading into week 14. We got the Steelers versus the Vikings at Minnesota. Ooh, Big Ben is retiring after this season. Give me, I like the Steelers in this matchup. Saints versus the Jets. I like the Saints in this matchup. Falcons versus the Panthers in Carolina. Ah, man, I'm going to put my bias aside, but I still like, I really like the Carolina Panthers. I believe that the Falcons are, are, are a bad football team. Seahawks versus the Texans. Seattle in this matchup. Raiders versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Ravens versus the Browns. Now, this is going to be interesting. They just beat the Browns not too long ago. But Lamar Jackson didn't play good as well in that game. Um, 
at Cleveland, give me the Browns, man. I think they, that they're at home, and they're just more healthy right now. So I like the Browns in this matchup. Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Washington is arguably one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I like the Washington football team. The Jags versus the Titans. If the Titans lose this matchup, they will not make the playoffs. I like the Titans. Giants versus the Chargers. Give me the Chargers. Lions versus the Broncos. I like the Lions to win two straight. Give me the Lions. 49ers versus the Bengals. Uh... I'm not a huge fan of what I saw the Bengals do against the Chargers. The 49ers can come in there and run the football whenever they want to. So with that being said, like the 49ers in this matchup, Bills versus the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks don't have a secondary, and the Bills can throw the football, and it's going to be played in Tampa Bay. Ooh, I like the Bills in this matchup, man. Bears versus the Packers, Sunday night football, Packers. And the Monday night football game, this is going to be an excellent game. Rams versus the Cardinals. Last time we saw this matchup, the Cardinals did an ass whooping. Um, and I just kind of look for the same thing in this matchup. I like the Cardinals over the Rams. And, uh, well, I'm back, man. Turned 26. It feels good to be back, man, after a couple weeks layoff, man. I enjoyed my birthday. Enjoyed my fiance. Episode 26 of Joshua Sparks Center. We out, baby.